Welcome to The Literary Life. I'm Mitchell Kaplan. One of the great joys of bookselling is the start of the summer selling season. It's a season when readers seem to have a bit more time to catch up on the books they put off from earlier in the year, where they discover the plethora of new books that seem to come out from May through August. I've assembled an all-star cast of booksellers here at Books and Books to recommend what you might consider for your own reading pleasure. Greetings, everyone, and welcome. Hi. Hi, Mitchell. Well, Gaëlle Lulamer is our head book buyer, and while she's originally from France, she grew up in New York City before moving to Miami Beach. Christina Nasti started working for Books and Books when she was a college student, and she took... um, She took a breath to pursue a career in art administration and has been our events coordinator ever since. Christina Russell knows kids. She has two young ones of her own and is our kids and a young adult book buyer and reads across all age groups. She moved here from Austin, Texas, and we're really glad that she did. Christina LeBron is our Spanish buyer who reads everything in Spanish and is a wonderful reader of cool books in English, too. All of them will tell you what they're excited about, some they've read, and some they can't wait to read. So get a pencil or pen and paper to write down the titles that interest you, and don't forget to purchase them from your local independent bookseller wherever you are. And since we only have one person not named Christina here beside me, I'm going to start with Gael, who's going to tell us some of the books that she's really excited about. Gael, welcome to Literary Life. Hi, thank you for having me, Mitchell. Um, So one of the first uh, titles that I really am excited about that I've really loved is Furious Hours by Casey Sepp. Um, It's a true crime with a little bit of a literary slant. It's the true account of an Alabama serial killer and the case that consumed Harper Lee shortly after the publication of To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, It's the account of Reverend Willie Maxwell who was accused of murdering five of his family members for insurance money in the 1970s. Um, With his lawyer's help, he managed to escape justice for some time uh, until he is shot dead at the funeral of one of his final victims. His lawyer then defends Maxwell's murderer, and this is when Harper Lee comes into the story. Um, She travels back to her native Alabama to attend the trial with the idea of writing her next book. She had worked very closely with Truman Capote on the writing of In Cold Blood, so I think she felt inspired by that. And um, what follows is a chronicle of a difficult time in Lee's life about which not much much is known. And Casey Sepp writes about her and her friendship with Truman Capote in a beautifully poignant way. I learned so much about her and grew to love her even more through this book. Um, It's beautifully written, totally fascinating, and meticulously researched. Uh, Another one that I really enjoyed is uh, Rough Magic by Laura Pryor Palmer. Um, So Laura Pryor Palmer was 19 years old when she impulsively signed up for the Mongol Derby, which is a 10-day horse race in Mongolia. Uh, She has little prior training and is utterly unprepared and ends up winning the whole race. I'm not spoiling anything. It says that on the dust jacket. and she becomes the first woman to do so. It's a a, a stirring adventure, a gorgeous meditation on landscape and our place within it. She writes with such heart 
and such poetic language, and she is thoroughly charming and hilarious and endearing. Um, so that's another one I really highly recommend. And when you say impulsively, it was really impulsive. Oh, like, uh, like maybe a few months before. before the start of the race, whereas people had been training for years. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> let's move over to, uh, we call our Christinas by their last name, but I won't. So let's go over to Christina Nasti. <laughs> She's our events and marketing coordinator. Christina, what interests you this summer? Karen Russell, Karen Russell, Karen Russell. Oh my God, Orange World was a revelation. Um, I wasn't sure what it would contain because when I saw Orange World, the first thing I thought about, of course, was Trump. And I'm like, oh my God, no, is this what it's about? But actually, the Orange World takes place in the Orange region, which is a region that is nebulous and dangerous and exciting and enticing and a little bit horrible. And so every story in this collection, I mean, I am just like taken aback by Karen Russell's tremendous, brilliant talent. Um, every story is better than the next. And Orange World is actually the last story in the collection that kind of explains everything that's, that they're building up to in it. Um, she's just brilliant. Uh, you will just love this book. Um, Are the stories all linked? Are they linked stories or not, do they stand on their own? Well, it's interesting. I think what I've noticed lately is that they're linked by all kinds of things. Like there's a fluid, nebulous world that's happening. I think about it from the term, from the point of view of like feminism and also like what's happening in non-binary and all the search for gender and identity. It's like there's, there's a little bit of all of that going through it. I mean, there's, and there's also like her, her love of nature and ecology is all mixed in because there's like this one story where the woman kind of swallows a plant and the plant starts growing within her. And it's also like a psychological thing happening in her relationship. And then there's another one where a, a young boy like um, rescues, it's called the bog girl. And he rescues like a dead girl who is kind of like encased and completely um, uh, preserved. And so he starts a relationship with his girl. But they're, they're all like just really, really cutting edge, beautiful. I think she's writing at the height of her powers. And I'm just, I'm blown away by her talent. And, and many people will know her from Swamplandia as well, which yes. was her last novel that she wrote. And she's coming to the book fair in November. That is the Miami Book Fair, Miami which book takes fair. place in November. Yep. Let's uh, give me another one. So another one is a book that there's been so much hype about. It's Normal People by Sally Rooney. I was almost afraid to read it because so many people had loved it. But I have to say that I have to add to my name to the list of people that loved it. Um, again, I am so enamored of her treatment, of her prose. Um, it's, it's done in a very minimal style, but it, every single word is loaded. So although it gives you the appearance of a very simple book, and, and it really is like, I think anybody who's ever been in a relationship of any kind has ever been growing up, has ever been worried about what other people think of them or how they're perceived, 
will relate to this book. But it's just beautifully done, and it's really, it's like, it's a page turner. It's like, it, it's something so simple, yet so, um, so deep and rich. Thanks, Christina. Let's go to another Russell. Um, we're going to go to... to another Christina. No, I know, but another Russell, too. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> From Karen. We're going to go to another Christina and another Russell at the same time. Oh, my God. And that's Christina <laughs> Russell. Got it. And we're going to change pace a little bit and talk a little bit about some of the young adult books that are coming out or already out for the summer. So the first book I'm going to talk about is With the Fire on High by Elizabeth Acevedo. Um, it's about Amani, who's uh, in high school, and she's a teen mom, and she loves to cook, like passionately loves to cook, and she gets the opportunity to take a cooking class at school, but she is like the sole caretaker for her daughter, her baby daughter, and she's obviously in high school, and um, she's immediately kind of off-put by the amount of time and dedication the class is going to take and there's also a trip to Spain involved with the class Um, and it's kind of like she struggles a lot with self-doubt and just kind of figuring out who she is like coming of age most uh, YA books but it's just done so well Um, I really would be surprised if this book isn't on award list just like the Poet X was. I wouldn't be surprised if it wins awards again. Um, it's also amazing on audiobook. I listened to it on Libro FM and she read it and she's a spoken word artist and I, I just love her voice. And Let's she talk gives. about Libro, Libro FM is the indie alternative to Audible. So people can go to our website or any independent bookseller website pretty much Mm -hmm. and they can download audio uh, audiobooks through libro fm yeah and this one's there and it's fantastic i would say if you can do audio do audio almost (laughs) over the book but um either any way you read it it's gonna be great so the next one is don't date rosa santos which um She's, uh, it's by Nina Moreno, who's a semi-local author. We hosted her book launch here a couple weeks ago. Um, And I think it's like the perfect summer read. It's a rom-com type of book about a Cuban girl named Rosa Santos, who is living in a fictional, sleepy Florida beach town, kind of like a tropical stars hollow. And uh, she has been raised and believes that the women in her family are cursed to lose their, like, the love of their life to the sea. And it's a beautiful story, like, infused with magical realism, a lot of, like, Cuban food, Cuban flavor. Um, She has a grandmother that she calls Mimi who hands out herbal remedies from their window. Um, It's it's a rom-com, but I think it has a lot of heart and it talks about, like, the effects of diaspora on the grandchildren and um, I think it's a great Miami book but um, everyone everywhere should read it what's the name of it again don't date Rosa Santos by Nina Moreno don't date Rosa Santos yeah how about a recommendation or two uh, in Spanish books that have been written in Spanish that are just out. Great. So this summer we actually have two big names coming out in Spanish. Um, one of them is Isabel Allende and her new book, eh, Largo Pétalo de Mar. And another one is Maria Dueñas and Las Hijas del Capitán. And both of them are historical fiction. So they're very intriguing. There's a lot of plot involved. Um, Largo de Pétalo de Mar 
tells the story of a young doctor and his pianist friend who are both forced to leave Spain and they jump in the Winnipeg ship who was um, ran by poet Pablo Neruda. This is Isabella Yen. Yes, and then it later arrived in Chile and story unravels there and it's definitely a page turner. Um, Las Hijas del Capitán by Maria Dueñas. There's a lot of badass women, love and adventure. <laughs> Some of those are going to be coming out in Spanish and English fairly soon yes, too. Yes, they are. Great. That's Christina LeBron. Christina does all of our buying uh, for the books in Spanish. And some books in Spanish come out simultaneously, but these books are coming out in Spanish first, I believe, right? Yes, they are. And they won't be out in English for um, at least I a believe while. Isabel Allende would be the next, the soonest one to come out in English. Right. Uh, her publisher is really good at keeping her out in both languages. A lot of. Uh, buyers buy books in the original language that they're written in yeah. and if it's written in Spanish a lot of our customers want them bought in Spanish as well yeah I mean Isabel Allende has a great following in both languages uh, she's very well read in that sense um, there's a couple that I would like to recommend myself now some of these are already out and have been out but they're ones that I think uh, are really notable and have moved me in a lot of ways a nonfiction memoir that I can't seem to get out of my head has been written by uh, Albert Woodfox. It's called Solitary, and it's the story of his over 40 years in solitary confinement. That's 40 years he spent in solitary confinement for a crime that he did not commit. And it's a story about how one can keep their spirit unbroken during that time. And the elements... Um, that allow for the spirit to be unbroken. One of it, one of the reasons why he was able to survive is because he had two other people who were in solitary with him and they formed a kind of bond based on certain kinds of political teachings that uh, were very strong and very much uh, a part of them that they gathered by being members of the Black Panther Party in the early 70s. Uh, he came out uh, he was freed, and I had a chance, a wonderful chance of meeting him. He's on a, a podcast that appeared earlier uh, in this series this year. And Albert is a remarkable guy. In fact, I just heard that um, his story will be made into a film. Mahersha Ali will be the one who is uh, starring in it. But So that's one that I would say grab. It's published by Grove Atlantic. Wonderful, wonderful book. The other one is called The Guest Book. And this is one of those great American sagas. It's written by the same woman who wrote The Postmistress. And um, it really tells you the whole story of, of race and inequality, as well as um, social divisions, primarily in... Uh, New England and in but by telling that story it really tells a story about all of that in the whole country as well the guest book has been out it's written by Sarah Blake it's actually been on the bestseller lists if I'm not mistaken those are two that I would mention of books that have uh, recently come out that have really impressed me I want to go back to Gael um, and hear about some additional ones that she's excited about 
Um, one that just came out this week, On Earth, We're Briefly Gorgeous by Ocean Vuong. Um, I can already say this is one of my favorite books of the year. It's a devastating book. It's an autobiographical novel uh, written in the form of a letter. Um, the main character, Little Dog, uh, writes a letter to his mother, who is illiterate, um, and in which he unearths a family history of violence, of sorrow, and of beauty. Um, it's a difficult book to describe because it's almost dreamlike, the way he writes. He's a poet first and foremost, and you can really see that in this book. Um, he perceives life and ordinary moments and writes about them like no one else I've read. Uh, I highly recommend this one. It's, it's not often we get a book like this. Yeah, no, he, Ocean was at, uh, I think I mentioned it, he was at the Winter Institute. Yeah. And he's such a, a remarkably sensitive, poetic soul in, in, in his own right. And I think it, what you're saying is it comes through in the book. Oh, completely. It's, it's, it, 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 he writes, it's a, it's a long poem, I would say. And the fans of his poetry will not be disappointed at all. Christina, how about you? So this is kind of an... This is Christina Nasty. This is kind of an obscure choice. Um, but it's a book that really kind of blew my mind. And I'm not alone. I'm in good company with George Saunders, who calls it, This book has the potential to change the reader's life forever. Um, it's called In Love with the World, A Monk's Journey Through the Bardos of Living and Dying. The monk is Yongi Mingyur Rinpoche. And I'm very interested in Tibetan Buddhism. So, um, but you don't have to know a thing about Tibetan Buddhism to enjoy this book. It is a memoir. It is the story, basically, of this monk who's lived um, in, in, uh, in, a, in a monastery his whole life. He's been cared for, everything. And he decides that he wants to be a wandering monk and that he wants to beg for his food and that he wants to finally just let go of everything and be free and it's kind of what happens to him when he sneaks away from the monastery and then um, eats some rotted food and basically begins to die and it's all of the phases of coming very very near to death but actually being saved in the end and ba and it, it combines the whole it, it gives you a perspective of the timelessness of things and really comes very close to um, to showing you how perhaps there is a certain uh, emptiness there really is like we really as as human beings are an illusion to a certain extent and there's something bigger and broader going on that is that is kind of timeless and so I highly recommend it I'm really sorry that you know it, it it's a Spiegel and Grau I think it was Julie Grau who was really interested in Buddhism and you know but here it is uh, in love with the world thank you Christina Russell yeah um, so the next one I want to recommend is actually a fantasy um, but it's also a book about books it's called Sorcery of Thorns by Margaret Rogerson. And it's um, about a girl named Elizabeth who's raised up in a magical library that's full of sentient books that they um, take care of and guard because they're like dangerous, basically. Um, it stands out a lot for me in this genre because it's not a part of a series. It's just a standalone book. 
Um, and it really reads like a classic. Like I feel like fans of like Diane Wynne Jones or Neil Gaiman um, would really like it. Um, it's about books as living, breathing things that um, that we need. Like it, it really places them like kind of like at the center of society, and I I loved it a lot. Thank you, and Christina. Well, this summer I discovered a newfound love for memoirs, and one of them is Once More We Saw Stars by Jason Green. It's definitely one of the most beautiful books, yet toughest books I've ever read. Um, it tells the story of this family and a freak accident they went through with their young daughter. But aside from sounding very sad, it's also a book about love and resilience and uh, just the idea that after pain and heartbreak, there's just so much more to be discovered. Um, I'm really happy from all the hype this book is getting. I think this is one of those stories that deserve all the ears and the eyes. Another one is I Miss You When I Blink by Mary Laura Philpot, which disclaimers, one of my favorite podcast episodes by far. Um, it's just one of those books. There's a lot that was happening and one of those books kind of just saves you in the right moment. Um, it's basically the retelling of everyday life and then the idea that we're just trying to figure it out as we go. Thank you. You know, I'm going to talk about a book that's not quite out yet, but it will be out. And uh, for those of you who are fans of the Underground Railroad, uh, this is a book by Colson Whitehead. This wasn't the book that he was meant, that he thought he would write to follow up Underground Railroad, but he had read stories about a real incident that occurred outside of Tallahassee, Florida, in which a uh, reform school for black students was discovered. Oh, the, the reform school had been in existence for well over 100 years, but there was a killing field basically discovered uh, behind the reform school, and this came to light uh, just a few years ago, and it was uh, reported on, and I think Colson uh, got wind of that and read the reports and decided to bring his next book out called The Nickel Boys, which is about the Nickel Academy. He's fictionalized this. It was one of the most moving accounts that I've read of the Jim Crow era, particularly in Florida. It focused on two young boys. It's really, really um, powerful, remarkable. Um, Colson brings his storytelling powers to create in, uh, a, a, a fast-paced and moving dialogue, but at the same time, a deep dive into the personal and emotional makeup of both of these young boys. Uh, Colson will be in Miami as he's going to go on tour in late July. Um, so if you're anywhere near this neighborhood, please come by and make sure you see him. It's the Nickel Boys. I think it will be, uh, along with a number of these other books we're talking about, one of the most talked about books of the year, too. Uh, another one I'd like to recommend is Say Nothing by Patrick Radden Keefe. Uh, this one came out a few months ago, but completely blew me away. It's uh, a harrowing and unbelievable account of the IRA and the period of time known as the Troubles in Northern Ireland, and examines the human cost and the devastating repercussions that are still felt to this day. Um, the book starts off with the disappearance of Jean McConville, a mother of 10, 
And Patrick Radden Keefe uses this horrible event to work through this gruesome and complex period of time. It's epic in scope. He also um, talks about the current state of affairs and what a looming Brexit can do to bring this all back to zero. Uh, it's one of the best works of narrative nonfiction I've ever read. It's utterly compelling and really keeps you guessing until the very last page. Thank you for that one, because uh, it's one that I put on my, uh, I, my list. Talking, I took it home. Sorry. Now, I've been talking to everyone I can about this one. Autumn Light um, by Pico Iyer, Season of Fire and Farewells. Pico was here with us not too long ago and um, really, truly uh, brought home the reason why he's so beloved all over the world. Uh, he's such a wonderful speaker who has an ability to connect with people so intimately and warmly. And this is um, his story. Uh, he's married to a Japanese woman. They live in Kyoto. And this is really his, his musings on Japan, but also um, his life there and, and the passage of time. So, you know, these books are a little bit linked in my mind, the one I was just talking about previously, because Pico was lucky enough to um, grow up and be friends with the Dalai Lama. So I actually tried to give him a copy of In Love with the World, and he said, oh, I've already read it. Um, so a little interesting little connection there. Well, uh, the next one I'm going to bring up, it's actually not out yet, but it'll come out in less than a month. Um, it's the perfect summer read, if I've ever known one, probably one of my favorite books I've read so far. It's Very Nice by Marcy Dermansky. Dermansky. Um, it's basically soap opera meets literary world, so if you have a uh, sweet spot for drama and crazy plots, but you also like books and academia, this is the book for you. She has a humor that's very fresh and very timely and an extremely funny, you can't never put it down book. So I, um, I want to quickly plug the Indie Next list because every book I've mentioned is on the Indie Next um, summer kids list and so is this next one and I think that list is great it's it's curated by booksellers like me and we read these books like six months out and we i really feel like the best books end up on it but anyways um i'm gonna talk about the grief keepers by alexander villasante which is out next tuesday june 11th um it's about 17 year old marisol she leaves her home in el salvador with their little sister gabby they're leaving a dangerous situation um, where their lives are at risk and they're trying to immigrate to the United States. They're caught and their asylum request is denied. Um, but then in like a speculative twist, they're given another chance to stay because Marisol is asked to become a grief keeper, which is a person who will literally take the grief of another person into their mind and their body and kind of like shoulder the weight of it. Um, and she says yes. And um, it's a really beautiful, kind of hard to read sometimes, but also has moments of levity um, story about immigration and sisterhood and very timely, uh, definitely, with everything that's going on. That's great. Let's take a quick 
not a break, but why don't I go around the table and, and for the people who are listening so that they can write down these great books, just if you can just mention the ones that you've mentioned already uh, with the author and the title is all. Uh, the first one I talked about was Furious Hours by Casey Sepp, <clears throat> published by Knopf. The second one was Rough Magic by Laura Pryor Palmer, published by Catapult. Then Ocean Vuong's On Earth, We're Briefly Gorgeous, published by Penguin Press. And finally, Say Nothing by Patrick Radden Keefe, published by Doubleday. And I had talked about The Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead, which is coming out in uh, July. And I also talked about The Guest Book by Sarah Blake, which is out now. I talked about Karen Russell's Orange World and Other Stories, published by Knopf. It's out now. Normal People by Sally Rooney, published by Hogarth. Also out now, In Love with the World, published by Spiegel and Grau. Um, and Pico Iyer's Autumn Light, published by Knopf. I forgot Solitary by Albert Woodfox, published by Grove Atlantic. So I had mentioned two Spanish titles, which is uh, Largo Pétalo del Mar by Isabel Allende, uh, Las Hijas del Capitán by Maria Dueñas, then I went on into memoirs, which one of them was Once More We Saw Stars by Jason Green, published by Knopf. I Miss You When I Blink by Mary Laurel Philpott, published by Atria Books, and Anticipating Very Nice by Marcy Dermansky, published by Knopf as well. Talked about with the fire on high by Elizabeth Acevedo, which is out now from Harper Teen. I t also talked about Don't Date Rosa Santos by Nina Moreno, out now from Hyperion, and Sorcery of Thorns by Margaret Rogerson is out from McEldery Books, Simon and Schuster. And the last one I talked about was The Grief Keepers by Alexandra Villasante, which is out from Putna Putnam or Penguin Teen on June 11th. Cool. I want to mention Warlight. How many of you read, did, did anybody else read Warlight? It's out in paperback now. It's by Michael Andaje, and it's a marvelous, marvelous book. Did you did you like it? I did read it, and I loved it. The characters yeah. in the book are fascinating. Yeah, it's a story that takes place right after World War II, and it kind of reminds me of Graham Greene's screenplay called The Third Man that was uh, by Carol Reed, and it reminds me of that world that where you don't know what's up and what's down. And Michael does such a great job in, uh, in, in bringing that whole world and how um, confusing it is to light in war light. And it just came out in paperback. So that's one that I would recommend. And then another kind of summer read is um, Carrie Mora by Thomas Harris. And all I have to say is it's by Thomas Harris. So if you want to get lost in something that will transport you, that is a book that will probably scare the heck out of you. Um, you mentioned Michael Andaje, and it just made me think of Mamta Chowdhury's book, Haunting Paris. Mamta and Michael are old friends. And Mamta is, it's been very interesting. She's also my neighbor, and I see her when I walk the dog. And it's been really interesting to talk to her about 
what goes on right before you're going to publish a book. And for her, um, this is uh, her one and only book so far, and she is a woman in her 60s, so she is incredibly excited about this debut, as we are. We're going to host her in June. She's got some marvelous blurbs from Marilyn Robinson, Russell Banks, Jim Shepard, and um, very, very excited um, about, I have not read it all, but so far I'm loving it. Uh, one of the last books I'd like to recommend is Underland by Robert McFarlane. Uh, he's a renowned naturalist. He's written many books. And in this one, he takes us on a journey underground and shows us the history and also the future of our planet that is hidden from view. Um, each chapter is broken up geographically. Uh, he spends a night in the catacombs in Paris. He visits a cave in Norway where he witnesses some of the earliest cave paintings. And he writes about how the past and the present come together in a really beautiful way. It's full of literary references. It's full of history. There is so much to unpack in this book. It really is a thing of beauty. So also, I would like to recommend for fans of The Handmaid's Tale, which comes out pretty soon, um, The Farm, a novel by Joanne Ramos. Very timely, very creepy, and it'll hit close to home. You meant that the, the season three of The Handmaid's Tale yeah, is coming out. Yeah, the newest out. season comes out. And at, she's got a new book coming out, and too. And she has a new book coming out called, as well. I think it's called The Testament. Yes, mention Christina Forrest's book I want I, I want to be where you are um, it's another rom-com about a girl named Chloe Pierce who's a ballerina and uh, her mom basically tells her she cannot apply to a dance conservatory that's um, a while away from their home pretty far I guess and uh, they end up she ends up going on a road trip um, with her annoying neighbor and I'm sure that it's really romantic. I haven't read it yet, but we're going to host her on June 10th with the Fierce Reads group. Um, and I've heard that it's a perfect read for fans of Jenny Han and Nina Moreno, and it feels like the right kind of thing to read this summer. You know, there's a book that I can't get out of my mind. I read it probably in January. Is Inheritance by Danny Shapiro. I think most everybody here has probably read it. And the book has gone on to just become a huge seller. And it's created a national conversation about um, identity and paternity and all of those things. And Danny found out early in her life, not she found out late in her life, that the father she thought who was her biological father really wasn't. And she went and searched for her biological father and found him. But I think it brought her back, you know, into the fold of her family after she had discovered uh, this this secret, basically. She also went on to do a podcast called Family Secrets, which if, I, if none of you have heard that podcast, it's really a great, great podcast to listen to. Uh, another one that is about to be published, I think in just a little while, is by someone else um, who's pretty terrific. And um, it's Darcy Stanky. Darcy Stanky, uh, has written a book called Flash Count Diary, Menopause and the Vindication of Natural Life. And you, would, you might imagine that it would not be a book that would interest me, but you know, being married to a woman who went through menopause, it does interest me. And being surrounded by all these Christinas and by 
uh, by Gael. Uh, it interests me as well. And this is, this is what Chris Krauss says about it. Meticulously researched and passionately written, Flash Count Diary examines the shame and stigma attached to female aging so closely that their opposites are revealed. Darcy posits menopause as a channel through which new realms of possibility, depth, strength, and growth can be revealed. An inspiring and visionary book. And what's really cool about it is Darcy made a lot of trips down to Miami. We'll be presenting her as well. Because she started, you'll see in the book, she has studied whales, the only other mammals that go through menopause. And we have a whale that called Lolita at the Sequarium that people are trying to free. And she got very involved in studying and being involved with the people who are trying to free Lolita. And uh, uh, Darcy is kind of an amazing talent. Another one I want to talk about is another really interesting one, another nonfiction book called Three Women by uh, Lisa Tadeo. And what we as booksellers often do, even though we haven't read it, and what makes it interesting is to read what other people say about it. And Dave Eggers is someone that I've always kind of admired. And he's read Three Women by Lisa. And he says, this is one of the most riveting, assured, and scorchingly original debuts I've ever read. Tadeo's beautifully written and unflinching portraits of desire allow her protagonists to be wholly human and wholly blessedly complex. I can't imagine a scenario where this isn't one of the more important and breathlessly debated books of the year. Basically, it follows three women uh, and, and their different uh, approaches and their, their sexual lives, more or less. Uh, I don't know if anybody's read it here, but um, it was one that has been, been talked about a lot. What else? does anyone have um i'd like to talk about some books that are not out yet but are coming out this summer that i've read that i've loved the first one is late migrations by margaret renkel published by milkweed another is drive your plow over the bones of the dead by olga tokarsik which um she wrote flights which won the man booker international last year and i just finished one this one a couple weeks ago and it's um a poignant and strange uh, murder mystery set in a small village in Poland uh, with one of the most unforgettable narrative voices I've ever read. Um, also coming out in August... What's the title of that one? Uh, Drive Your Plow Over the Bones of the Dead. A nod to William Blake there. Um, and also coming out in August is Hollow Kingdom by Kira Jane Buxton, which is a uh, published by Grand Central. Um, which is a kind of crass, hilarious, ridiculous, but also poignant um, story about the zombie apocalypse as told <laughs> by a crow. <laughs> that, that does sound, and I, I think the voice of the crow, from what I hear, is extremely... It's really well. I mean, it, it sounds a little ridiculous when you read about it, but it's done so well. Cool. There's one called Disappearing Earth, Christine. I think you're interested yes, in that. Yes, yes. Well. One of the, yes, Disappearing Earth by Julia Phillips. Which is out now, I believe. We'll be hosting Julia Phillips uh, very soon. And 
I can't wait to hear her speak. Um, Spellbinding, moving, evoking a fascinating region on the other side of the world. This suspenseful and haunting story announces the debut of a profoundly gifted writer. Um, I wanted to say that one of the fun things about being a bookseller is being able to read in advance, as Gail was saying. And so I'm like halfway, what, how many pages into Anne Patchett's new novel, uh, The Dutch House? Halfway. And loving it. It's, it's wonderful and can't wait to host her. I'm also reading um, Edwige Danticat's new collection of stories called Everything Inside, and that will be out soon. And their stories from Miami and Haiti, and they're just, again, in the hands of a brilliant writer who is Edwige. Um, you know, we're so fortunate to have, we're so fortunate to have some amazing writers here in Miami, and, and Dave Barry is one of them, and Dave's book uh, called Lessons from Lucy, The Simple Joys of an Old Happy Dog, uh, is one that could bring some great, great solace during the summer, and he's got a marvelous chapter at the end about uh, his relationship to his daughter, Sophie, and the challenges that they went through, which happily are no longer a challenge. There's also a collection of short stories by Aza Bukak, and it's called The Trojan War, and Trojan War Museum and Other Stories, published by Elaine Mason at Norton, another one that I would highly recommend. and there's one that I think Gael really liked a lot, and she'll talk about. Uh, we can't finish this podcast without talking about Mostly Dead Things by Kristen Arnett. Uh, we're hosting her actually this week. Um, anyone who follows her on Twitter knows that she is hilarious and ridiculous and amazing. Uh, this book is a love letter to Florida. She writes about Florida in a way that I haven't read in a long time. Um, but more than anything, this book is about family. It's about mistakes and forgiveness, and I really recommend this one. Yeah, and, and talking, speaking of Florida, I just thought I'd bring up a few books. If you haven't read these, these are ones you might have missed. They're about Florida, actually, but they stand alone, uh, even if your interest in Florida is very distant. And that's Last Train to Paradise by Les Staniford, which is about the building of the railway from New York to Cuba. It's riveting. It's written like one of the best novels around. Another one is called Up for Grabs by John Rothschild. It's subtitled A Journey Through Time and Space in the Sunshine State. And then there's Swamp, all about the Everglades, by Michael Grunewald. That's a nonfiction account, a very early nonfiction account of some of the challenges that we have in terms of our um, environment. But lastly, you know, some of us hear about the new Miami Beach. One of my favorite books uh, ever about Miami Beach is a novel by Elmore Leonard. Yes, the Elmore Leonard called La Brava. And it, if, you wanna, if you want a throwback kind of novel, read La Brava. It's about Miami Beach the way it used to be before it became the hip hot place that people imagine it to be. Um, and I thought a good way of ending our podcast would be to ask you guys, I know I'm putting you on the spot, with what you're reading right now. What are you reading right now, Gail? I just finished a book. I just finished Trick Mirror by Gia Tolentino, which is a book of essays that I really enjoyed. But I'm just picking up an old book, uh, Rebecca Solnit's Men Explain Things to Me. 
Christina? I'm reading five things at the same time, um, and I take turns. One is a collection of dark tales. Um, it's Shirley Jackson's um, tales. They've been edited by Otessa Moschweg. I'm also reading Carl Oven Osgard's uh, So Much Longing and So Little Space. It's about the art of, uh, the art of Edvard Munch, who's a fellow Norwegian. I'm, I've just dipped into Jeanette Winterson's Frankenstein, and I'm also looking at Is There Still Sex in the City by Candace Bushnell. Well, I'm currently reading Circe by Madeline Miller. I'm a little late to the hype, but <laughs> I'm here. Um, almost finishing Loving Every Page, and next I think I'm going to read Mostly Dead Things. I'm reading Get a Life, Chloe Brown by Talia Hibbert, um, and I'm going to read The Last Two Poets of the Sea by Julia Drake next. And uh, I am reading a throwback book again. It's called The Picture, and it's Lillian Ross, her missives and her writing for The New Yorker about John Huston's movie The Red Badge of Courage. And it really is a wonderful take on movie making and what it takes to make a movie and what it took to make that particular movie as well. Well, you can see, I guess, that I am surrounded by brilliant, brilliant people. And I am the luckiest guy in the world that they happen to be booksellers here at Books and Books. And I want to thank Christina Russell, Christina LeBron, Christina Nasti, and Ga- Gael. Lulamare. Lulamare. A name that I have butchered ever since I met her. <laughs> You're not the first. Years and years ago. But I want to thank you all for uh, giving us your incredible recommendations. I think people will be, um, people could go on beyond the summer reading everything that we've recommended. So thank you all. And for those of you out there, please, uh, if you can't remember all the books that we've talked about, uh, visit our website. Soon these titles will be on our website where uh, the podcast uh, the Literary Life is highlighted. and Or you can email me, if you can't remember, at mitchell at booksandbooks.com, and I'll try to figure out just which book you're asking about. In any case, thank you all for joining The Literary thank you, Life. Thank you.